Hey! It's your boy Gus. And uh, I just want to kind of thank everybody who listened to episode one. The support and the feedback is extremely appreciated. And uh, it really means a lot to me. Coming into the first show, the first thing, I just want to talk about the elephant in the room. LeBron James has been officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, it's really sad as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He's not missed a playoff in over 10 years. Um, the longevity and all that in his career, a lot of people are coming down on him. Uh, this one, it's a little bit on everybody, I think, in the Lakers organization. I feel bad because um, Magic Johnson, as far as baseball operations go with the Dodgers, he's doing really well. Um, he made all the right moves and helped them and consulted them. As far as the Lakers go, this roster is going to be broken up. Um, it looked in the beginning of the year like it was going to work. Granted, all their eggs went in one basket. Anthony Davis didn't come over. New Orleans held out. Um, they didn't add anyone else and the Warriors are top of the West right now. So with the Lakers being eliminated, which has been six straight seasons, you know, I think everybody thought that LeBron was going to get them there. And I did, you know, I initially didn't even think he was going to go. I thought he was going to go to Cleveland again, back to Miami, stay in the East. The result of this, you know, looking at it. Um, not too many games back. I think injuries played a role and look who's right behind the Lakers as far as I'm, I'm just going to do it from, uh, you know, 15th all the way to number one right now. And if this is the playoffs today, you know, Lakers aren't in it, but we're going to go 15 number sun. We got number 15, the Suns, Mavericks at 14, Grizzlies at 13, 12 Pelicans, Lakers at 11. So all these teams are eliminated from playoff contention at this point. Um, then we got the Timberwolves at number 10, the Kings at nine. Very surprising. They're like right there. Kind of not out yet. Uh, Spurs number eight, jazz seven, thunder six, Clippers five, trailblazers four, rockets three nuggets, surprisingly number two and the warriors are number one right now. So LeBron gets the off season off, which we never say that, um, these long seasons that he's done, you know, um, hats off to him. He does need a vacation, in my opinion. Come back. Um, he made a promise on Twitter that this is not going to happen, and sorry for the disappointment. I don't think we are as disappointed as we are surprised if we are LeBron James fans. Um, you know, when you look at this from a marketing standpoint, and I argued hand over foot with someone close to me that he wasn't going there, and he went and... I didn't think it was going to make sense for him on a basketball level initially. Um, I know it made sense as far as the brand goes, and the brand is bigger than ever. But basketball is concerned, and basketball operations is a lot of trouble in paradise over there. LeBron, hats off to you. You're definitely probably not listening to this, and if you are, um, I would really like to know. <laughs> That's a reach, but uh, moving on, uh, the team that eliminated LeBron, this kind of hurts even more, um, being a LeBron fan, but also being a uh, bitter Nets fan. Uh, the Nets eliminated him, and who was at the helm of this elimination? And you know what? A lot of people are throwing dirt on this grave. 
coming after Magic Johnson. And I'm okay with that. I like a little extra drama. I always say, you know, if it's art imitating life, we got to go for it, you know. So we're going to talk about D'Angelo Russell and what he meant to the Nets this year as far as, you know, uh, when he was on the Lakers, uh, he had been averaging 14.3 points a game. The Nets, he's at 18.6. It's a nice boost there. Assists from four assists to 6.2. Granted, I wouldn't consider him a facilitating point guard. I I think he is a complete scorer. But this one stands out crazy to me. Four 30-point games with his tenure with the Lakers. 16 with the Nets already. So, you know, hats off to him. Hats off to the Nets being in sixth place. Um, in the East, a lot of people said the back end of the schedule, they weren't going to make it. And I kind of said, I, I agreed here, but I'm just going to roll through the East with everybody, kind of get everybody up to speed. We have the Knicks in the race for Zion and they're probably not going to get him. And number 15 with 14 wins Cavaliers, number 14. That's what LeBron leaving will do to you as far as restructuring and being at the bottom. Then we got the bulls, uh, 13, Hawks kind of got out of that like rut being very close to the bottom. The Wizards at 11 Hornets number 10 Magic number 9 Heat at 8 Pistons 7 Nets 6 Boston in 5th and Pacers in 4th 76ers 3rd Raptors 2nd and the Bucks in 1st. Who would have thought the Bucks are in 1st but you know everybody kind of had the Celtics pegged but there's trouble over there too you know so um It's anybody's game in the East. The bottom line is who's going to go up against Golden State. I don't care what anybody says. I know Oklahoma City is a good team. I know that the Rockets are in there, but they just can't close out games. And I just see, like, um, Cousins really doing his thing as far as the Warriors goes. And they got everybody pulling together. So I just don't see anyone beating them. I think the most complete roster is the Bucks. I just don't know how a team that hasn't been there is going to overcome, but I will be rooting for them, especially being that, you know, the Bucks are like Green Bay's version of basketball teams. That's another reach, but you know, the Sixers are in there. I know Joel Embiid thinks he's the greatest player in the world. He needs to pump his brakes. Haven't proved enough to me personally. Uh, Sixers are definitely a good team, but, you know, this top end of the East, I think it's going to be a close race. I think the West, it's going to come down to, if, if I'm going to do the playoffs right now, my first round winners are going to be the Warriors over the Spurs, Nuggets clearly over the Jazz, Rockets, and Thunder. I think that's a seven-game series. I think that the Thunder can knock off the Rockets, depending on who comes in. Blazers over the Clippers. West Finals, probably going to be Warriors between Rockets and Thunder. And it's probably going to be the same result as last year. I hope it's not, but that's what it's going to be. Out of the East, I got the top four teams winning out. Uh, Bucks, Raptors, Sixers, Pacers. My East Final, I said it at the beginning of the year. I felt it was going to be um, Raptors and the Bucks. So I got that. I just didn't think the Bucks were going to be first. Um, just knowing that all the problems that are going on in Boston, I think the Pacers would have been there with Victor Oladipo, but it's just not going to happen. It's going to be Bucks. Um, and my finals this year, 
is going to be Bucks Warriors. And I'm not saying I called it at the beginning of the year. I really wasn't emotionally invested. I really want to see how the East took place. Um, but I do see the Bucks going. I see the Bucks losing in five games. So, and it's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I think ultimately this year for the NBA, I think we're all at wit's end as far as this goes. I think we're getting bored. I think LeBron not being there is not good for the league. Love him, hate him. You need him there. He's the face. Don't tell me Kevin Durant's the face. Don't tell me Steph Curry's the face. These are not faces. These are not people that if you lost them tomorrow, would the NBA be affected as much as if you lost LeBron I don't think Giannis is there yet to take over the face of the league. He's just not in that market. You know, you play Wisconsin sports and your name's not Aaron Rodgers. I don't think you matter yet. I think if they get to the finals, it'll put them on notice. But, you know, rooting for a small market team that went to the finals and then changed states. um, You know, yes, Jason Kidd is loved and revered forever, but the ring didn't come until Dallas. So, like, when you think about that, you know, until you win... Don't matter until you win. That's the end of the day. But we had the NBA conversation as we get close to the playoffs. It's going to heat up. Conversation is going to heat up. I'm going to give you more uh, insight to what I think is going to go on as we get through the playoffs. I think first round of the playoffs is always exciting. um, And I am looking forward to it. But uh, my next topic, I'm moving on to baseball here. Mike Trout just robbed the Los Angeles Angels, of $430 million. Shout out to his agent. <laughs> At the end of the day, is he a great ball player? Absolutely. Is he worth the money? To them, yeah. But what kills me with this contract for the Angels and Major League Baseball is that these 10, 13-year contracts are very scary and unfortunately this is now going to be a long marriage the thought of him going to the Yankees is now out of the window which is nice because I'm sick and tired of he's coming here he's coming to New York no he wasn't coming you didn't have the money you invested in Stanton you invested in other people and you're going to need to invest in Judge and you're going to need to invest in other people Severino got paid he's injured but you, that's what you get for talking about DeGrom. Sorry about that. And you know what? The Mets need to pay DeGrom. And not that, you know, people think he's old and people think he doesn't deserve it. I'm sorry. He deserves it. He's been on this team. I'm not saying this because I am an irrational Met fan. I'm saying this because he's been the only consistent piece as far as the pitching staff goes. And not to say you're paying him for what you did yesterday, but you kind of got to at this point. Okay? We all... Gave Matt Harvey, and and this is a Mets gripe, and I'm just going to keep going on because this bothers me. Okay, For years, years, of the Dark Knight, this guy, that guy, and then Syndergaard came along, and then everybody you know, got a cool um, superhero nickname, and DeGrom was put on back burner. Now all of a sudden, oh, we love him. Oh, he's the most consistent. Oh, this, oh, that. I'm sorry, pay the man. Okay, Matt Harvey walked out. He cried about it. 
Okay, he's gone. Syndergaard, I don't know where the location is this year, and we'll see. And I hope that he could pitch. Mats, you don't know what you're going to get from him. I'm sorry. Okay, I went to a game during summertime this year. I was out in the heat with my fiance, and I was dying. Okay, took an hour for him to get out of the first inning against the race. If he keeps this up, it's over. Zach Wheeler is a bright spot. That's if his elbow is intact. Tying this back to Trout because I went off topic and I will do this. It's you got to pay people for what they do. I'm just saying, and I know that he's done a lot for the Angels as far as his production on the field, but you cannot build a baseball team giving one man $430 million. If I took the top paid athletes of three sports, okay, and just combine two of them. If I combine Russell Westbrook and Matt Ryan, okay, at their salaries together, okay, this is this is great. This is unbelievably great here. Two hundred seven and a hundred and fifty million. It is still almost a hundred million short of what Mike Trout's getting. If I combine Ovechkin's minuscule contract, and these are the highest paid contracts in major sports, okay, the most paid in the big force of American sports, I got Mike Trout at 430 mil. I got Russell Westbrook at 207. I have Matt Ryan at 150 mil. Atlanta wasted their money. And I have poor Ovechkin at 124 mil. A lot of people say, and I'm sorry, and I'm going to defend baseball on this. You could talk all you want about it being boring, okay? But you can never say, if you're not a baseball fan, the greatest athlete in your sport is compensated the more than a baseball player is. Granted, the seasons are longer. It's a game of longevity. It's a gentleman's game. It's respectable. And Russell Westbrook, he's a great basketball player. But... Unfortunately, baseball is where you get paid. Kyler Murray, um, somebody needs to tell him he better hope the NFL works out because that's a that's a very short leash to, to walk on as far as trying to get paid and become successful. There's been plenty of multi-sport athletes trying to get paid, trying to do what they need to do, and it just doesn't work out at the end of the day. And if you're going to get a choice and you're going to get paid, you need to take that baseball check. I'm sorry. Even though it worked out for Russell Wilson, doesn't work out for everybody. Trout is a great guy. He's a great ball player. He runs out on the bases. We should have seen this coming from a mile away. Bryce Harper got paid. This guy, he was, I'm sure the agents were going, how did this kid get paid this amount of money coming from the Phillies and you can't pay him? And I agree, but I just think... We're looking at a disaster a few years from now. You know, when these contracts don't work out, it's really bad, you know. And coming up to, you know, this year, we got big names and guys that didn't get paid. You know, um, we got DeGrom being one, Blake Snell, he's going to need to get paid. He's on the raise, you know, and I think a lot of guys who play baseball, they stick around for the team, they do what's best in the team's interest, they need to get paid. That's the bottom line. This is an ad, this is a sport you need to put people in these seats. I get why they're keeping Trout. I don't complain that. I just 
think that 430 is you're really, really reaching as far as that's concerned. I would hope that, you know, any GM looking at the future of their team, if I pull up contracts of the Angels roster right now, I'm probably going to scare people, but this is what I'm going to do while I'm on my show because, you know, people need to understand the breakdown, you know, of what it's going to mean in the future, you know, and, uh, we got, let's see. Okay. So I'm just going to roll through the team here. We got Mike Trout on the $430 million contract. We got pool host 10 years, 240 million, Justin Upton, 106 million, Angelton Simmons, 58 million, Zach Cozart, 38 Cole Calhoun, $26 million. My boy Matt Harvey, not worth a dollar in New York, um, $11 million. Um, and then you just got the back end of the roster. Oh, shout out to, I had no idea Justin Bohr went to the Angels. That's crazy to me. Oh, Marlins uh, lost a big bat there, but, you know, we'll see. Oh, Hanson Robles, former Met. And, uh, and we got Otani. How are you going to pay Otani? One year, 650K. Rookie deal? This ain't going to work out. And you're going to lose out on people here. You're going to lose out on the back end of your roster. Your, the real things that hold the baseball roster together. Um, and they got a lot of guys that are going to be on arbitration. And a lot of guys that um, need to make the team here. And they're you know in baseball, everyone needs to get paid. So... When we talk about these massive contracts and what it means going into the future, if Trout goes down, you're going to have nothing to pay these young guys coming up later on, you know, and they have people in their farm system. I notice a lot of former Mets. Um, it's not a bad thing. Uh, well, it can be depending on, but what I mean is, is like guys that, you know, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They started in single A, they're moving up and, and now it comes time to, you know, get on these rosters. And when guys want to get paid or they have a great season, you're not going to be able to pay them. It's not, there's no science to this, you know. And I'm going to move on to my next topic as far as, and, you know, let's let's go to the New York Yankees and, how, and what they're paying people, okay. Because all I hear is what they're going to do in the off season and why it doesn't make sense. So we just went through the angels and we, you know, pending, there's going to be a long stand problem for them moving forward. As far as if trout doesn't work out, the Yankees have quite a bit of money in their roster right now. You have Stanton at 325 mil. Okay. That's why Bryce probably got his money. Tanaka 155. Ellsbury, 153. Tulowitzki, 100 mil. Chapman, 86. Uh, Severino, 40. You know, which is good. You got some lower-end guys in here. You got CC. I, I don't get why he's still there. He should hang it up. But Judge, this is what's scary to me. Judge is at one year, 684K. How much can you pay him? You got Torres, Andahar, all these guys. And... This is usually the story in New York as far as moving into the year. And I get it. My team doesn't sign people. But the bottom line is, 
all these lower end guys who are great or on rookie deals, you got your money invested in, you know, some, some broken spirits. I don't care what anybody says. Um, Stanton is not worth that money. I know he forgot how to hit. I know Tanaka was a good idea at the time. Not worth that kind of money. Ellsbury, listen, we all know what happened there. You let Cano walk. You signed him. Did this work out? No, not in my opinion. Okay. And if you want to challenge that, please message me. I can go all day with you. You lost Cano. You wasted his time. He went to Seattle to rot, and you guys talked about it. But let's talk about what you did in its place. You brought on Ellsbury because you thought it was going to fill the void, and it didn't. Now you have a void in your payroll. 153 mil could have at least been spread between... At this point, when you look at... You could at least pay Torres and Ahar. Gary Sanchez is in here. But look at this. And the way the Yankees are designed... Do you guys lose people and they become better? Absolutely. They go other places and they and they leave. Okay. Recently, the only person that did that to the Mets was really Justin Turner. You know? They're not really losing out on great people. And after picking your roster apart, and I'm going to hear it, you know, oh, well, the Yankees are the evil empire, all that good stuff. And I'm not a Yankee hater, naturally. I was raised by Yankee fans. You know, the one signing I like is James Paxton. If you casual Yankee fans didn't watch the season this year, um, Paxton was good. Paxton was in, uh, you know, the Cy Young race for at least the front half of the year. You know, was he going to win it? No. But DeGrom won. Throwing that in there. Um, Let me now go to my Mets payroll real fast. And I'm going to... The theme is payroll right now. I'm just taking it as it comes. I had a good productive day. And... uh, there's a lot of information out here in the world and on sports. So we're going to just continue to mow through it. Okay, so I got my Mets. And yeah, this is a partial impartial podcast, whether you like it or not. Okay, so the Mets inherited Cano's deal. 10 years, 228 mil. It's great. I'll take it. I really don't want it, but I'll take it. Being that, you know, there's no second baseman out there. Um, But ultimately, looking back at Ellsbury, if you would have just ponied up another 70 mil, you would have had a better player. And I think he would have thrived in New York. So mowing through this, we got our boy, our new boy, Cano. It's $10 million deal. We got Cespedes. His deal is almost up. With his foot. Yuri's Familia is back. Hopefully he could just pitch consistently. Take his role back. Juan Lagares. Uh, you know, the rest of the Mets. The bottom line, the trend here is we're not paying anyone. Let's be honest with ourselves here. We got, as far as our roster goes... We got Cano's contract, we got Cespedes' contract, and then the rest are all, um, uh, we could just run through the money, the 228 mil, the Cespedes at the 110 mil, Yuri's Familia, 30 mil, um, Ligaris, 23, 
Jed Lowry, 20 mil. Wilson Ramos, 19. Frazier, 17. DeGrom, one year, 17 million, which is great, but we need some more years on that. I don't, I want him highest paid on the roster right now. Jason Vargas, one more year. Um, he's at 16 mil, not worth it. Justin Wilson, um, you know, he's a rookie. Um, let's bring him up, keep him up. Uh, Syndergaard, one year, six mil. Wheeler, one year, five mil. Conforto, one year, four mil. Travis no. how are you here? Leave us, please. Matt's, one year, two mil. Great, keep him there. You know, we got Edwin Diaz. We're going to have to pay him if he do, does good. Um, you know, 607000 um, And I'm talking like this is a little money. It is for these guys, sadly. And then we got, say, six other players to be named. That are all at 100k, okay. So the bottom line is people need to get paid. Some notables, um, or bringing back some feel-good people. Um, and this is great. Um, shout out to uh, Ruben Tejada, he's back, amateur free agent. Um, Dilson Herrera back in our system, and we're doing what we need to do. We're bringing people back, and you know. These guys worked out for us. We have Jeff McNeil, but you know, we have a lot of guys who aren't getting paid that deserve to be paid eventually. And the bottom line, we're not paying anyone. Your best player's not getting paid. Sorry. You know, Cano's not our best player. He hasn't been the best player on many rosters in a few years. Cespedes is not our best player. And our best player's kind of just hanging out there and he's getting paid on the year, but he's not being paid enough. So. You know, mind you, baseball teams are worth a lot more than NBA teams and a lot more than football teams in many ways. And players are worth a lot more. So, you know, there is no uh, science to this. Baseball is still America's game. It's not, there's not a lot of competition out there. There's not a lot of sports like it. I love basketball. A lot of rules has changed. A lot of things are not in favor of defense anymore. Same thing with football. You know, the bottom line is you could come back to America's game. All the things we complain about, they make it better. And they do look to make the game safe. And they do right by the fans for the most part. You know, uh, basketball and football right now. um, Basketball is a very top-heavy sport. The best teams are the best teams. The worst teams are the worst teams. If your team's not winning, you have you're not emotionally invested. And if they're not winning now, they usually have not been winning. I would say over the past ten years. So, and football, football is the same. You know, there's a lot more teams like the Browns and the Jets, and the Giants, and you know, and I stress that than there are New England Patriots. So. You know, and then it the, comes down to the rules. The defensive backs can't get a break. There can't be as many hard hits, and rightfully so, but I just think the integrity of the game keeps being messed with, and the refs are really in control of a lot of these games down the stretch. So when we talk about sports and we talk about, you know, who's doing right the most, and I'm not saying this because I'm a diehard baseball fan, because if you know me, you know basketball is my first sport, and it kills me to say that because my opinion 10 years ago was totally different, and the feeling was is that it was going to grow, and it is growing on a national level. It is growing in revenue, but it's not growing in emotional investment. You have markets that are not as good as they should be. 
Hey, the Knicks should not be that bad. The Lakers should not be out of the playoffs. The Celtics should have not been second place or first place last year and be in their position. So something's going on, okay? And it wouldn't happen under David Stern's wash. So, sorry. Um, You know, the crazy thing is at least we got the boys of summer coming back and, you know, something to watch on TV every day as a sports fan. This... NBA is, we know where it's going. I just said where it's going. We know where we're landing. Football, we know where most people are landing here, you know. And it's not easy for sports shows to work when the topics are just centered around contracts, money. Um, There's a huge imbalance in, I would say, The three top sports in the United States, the imbalance is in two leagues that should be doing much, and I'm. it's not that I don't care about hockey. I can't include hockey all the time. It's not because I don't care about it, because I've gotten into it before. It's just I don't agree with the marketing. I don't understand why you want to take something that's niche and keep it niche. Um, all my friends that are hockey fans, I respect it, but it's something when you're keeping up with the three major sports, it kind of falls on back burner. It doesn't help that the devils aren't good because I used to go, but ultimately it doesn't catch my eye. Okay. You cannot tell me the best athlete in hockey is making an impact on the sports world further than the Trouts, the LeBrons. Like, when we say these names, can we do we include people in hockey? Not necessarily. And and that's, I'd say, primarily hockey's fault. It's nothing wrong with that. I don't th- take anything away from them. I think they're underpaid. And this is just an opinion. There's nothing wrong with it. But ultimately, if you put everybody I spoke about before, Ovechkin next to Russell Westbrook, next to Matt Ryan, next to Mike Trout. I think you would name, as far as TV goes, either Matt Ryan, Russell Westbrook, or either or, depending on what you prefer first. First, Trout, in there, somewhere in there, depending on what you're watching. Third, you know, and then Ovechkin's last. Not because, you know, he's a bad athlete. It's just the way sports are and the way sports work. Yeah, you you hear the names, but you can you match the face to the name? No, you can't, you know. And I'm hoping one day, you know, or like the marketing strategy. I don't know what the marketing strategy of leagues are, but I know I see a commercial for the NBA and the NFL every week. I don't know, even know why I'm seeing commercials for the NFL. Because the season is the shortest season in sports. And I see more baseball commercials now than ever. It's probably because I'm invested. But I think you need to have, if you're a sport and you are in the United States, it needs to grow. It needs to do something. It needs to be more than what it is. And your number one athlete needs to be revered and seen and celebrated like the other ones. You know why people hate LeBron? Because they're sick of his face, in my opinion. Because you can't tell me he's a bad basketball player. You are you would be considered a pathological liar. Okay? That's the bottom line. 
You're sick of seeing his face. You're sick of, at one point in time, ESPN ran every news section. Like, when he won the finals, there were, like, dumb sections in there. It was like, LeBron ate a burger, went to the parade, went to the store, has kids, had another kid, and you were mad at that. Okay? But you need to blame, if you hate basketball over every sport, you need to blame your sport for not doing that. That is the bottom line. Okay. I I don't care. When Johnny Manziel came out, he was great. He was the next big thing. He's now Baker, you know, Baker Mayfield is now that. But the bottom line is everyone is a brand now. Social media has changed a lot of things. I'm even getting my news from social media. I don't I don't have time like I used to to sit down and watch sports like I used to. So, a lot of my news is coming from there and what we're focused on is contracts and everything, and rightfully so. We should be focused on that. Um, it's going to have a huge effect on it. And analytics of the team, of, you know, stats are great, but some people believe that money plays a huge factor, and I think it does. I don't think it matters that much in hockey from what my diehards tell me. I always hear, just get in and get hot. Oh, sorry, in basketball, you can't get in and get hot. It doesn't work that way. Baseball, it's a little bit of both. You got to make the right moves. You got to get in. You got to get hot. Um, um, my team hasn't got in. My team hasn't gotten hot. I'm still waiting. Um, football is different. You got to stay healthy. That's the biggest thing. You got to stay healthy. Um, I argue with people all the time who say the Odell trade is the best. Um, I don't believe it. That is called, we. that's what we call reaching. We call that reaching because if you think you're going to trade somebody who puts rear ends in those seats and once in a lifetime, in my opinion, receiver, um, because you think that he's now all of a sudden a cancer to your team, you're out of your mind. That's that's called, like, in my opinion, you're just covering up just bad management. You know, that's the best way to put it. Because when Matt Harvey was here... And he couldn't do anything wrong. And, and, you know, he wanted to leave the game early to go watch Derek Jeter's last game or whatever. I'm sorry, but you didn't do enough to really, 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 really garnish special privileges. You were not a catalyst in propelling this team to the next level. When we went to the World Series with him, there was a team there. I could pull up the whole roster and I could tell you who didn't lose games like he did, and that's DeGrom, and that's other people, you know. The bottom line is, when your team's doing bad, it's easier to blame the star on the team than it is to blame upper management, and, you know, Eli should have been necessarily the first to go, but I feel like if you're going to get rid of Odell, you got to look at him too. Who's throwing the ball? I see Odell throwing the ball better than him to Saquon Barkley. That's hilarious to me. And then for you to think that lower-end draft picks, the Antonio Bryant trade, you can't compare the two. The guy did not want to go out on the field anymore. The guy was mailing it in. I don't think when I see Odell play, and I watched a few, a good handful of Giants games being that it's local, I didn't watch the guy take off every play. And that's why you're hurt. That's why people were like, we're so sorry he left. I lost a brother. A million dollar brother I didn't know. Okay, get over it. Okay, he's going to do better. 
He's not on your team, but don't sit there and say your team got better because your team did not get better. Okay. My team, same thing. My team lost guys. We did not get better. In my opinion, we are running with young guys. I cannot name a receiver and neither can you outside of Devontae Adams. And it's not to say I can name them because I'm a fan, but you cannot name them like you could another receiving core full of stars or full of established guys. I can now name Dallas's receiving core better than my own. Okay. And they lo- then they have a better one, in my opinion. But because they have Dak, it's a different story. But we do this a lot. We compensate for our team being bad by blaming a guy, one guy, when we're awful. You could blame a Matt Harvey, but you should have blamed the manager and the general manager for letting him act that way and not pulling him from games. Okay. And when he left, the marriage was over. It got ugly. It really did. Okay. And he cried about it. Okay. And he went to Cincinnati and he cried. And if it don't work out in Los Angeles, he's going to cry again. Okay. People are like, oh, well, Odell's going to go over there and ruin the Browns. You don't know, but you better hope he doesn't do good because you yous are going to look stupid. Okay. You are going to look like what you traded for. Okay. You... Traded him for a bag of Lay's, a bus ticket to Manhattan, and a slice of pizza. And don't give me the Jabril Preppers is from New Jersey story, because I forgot Jabril Preppers was in the NFL. Okay, so sorry. I know this is coming off this is coming off mean, but we're I'm gonna tell it like it is. Okay, right now I'm giving the Jets the flag right now. The tri-state area flag. And nearly they don't bother me as much. Because as a Met fan, you see it from a mile away. They want to win. They want to be good. But they're just not there. And they're not. But they are better, though. The roster is better. I'm sorry. The roster is better. I don't care what you say. Running One running back compared to a team that just went out and signed all these guys. And Le'Veon Bell. Uh, let's call it like it is. And it's not a passionate hate. It's a logical sentence. <laughs> so, you know, moving on from that. And uh, I think right now, um, as far as sports goes, I know that going into summer, it's going to be very baseball centric. I mean, I, I want to maybe throw sports entertainment on here, but uh, that's not the premise of my show. And I haven't kept up with it, so I don't want to butcher anything. And I feel like there's enough podcasts or radio shows. I want to call this a radio show. Because eventually I'm going to step out of that that word. The PCAST. But, um, and I feel bad I didn't have my cat to interrupt me. I've had no interruptions. I've been going. You'll hear less pauses. Less clicks. Um, there's a lot going on in the sports world. But... We're waiting for one league to start. I'm looking forward to opening day. I know that we have the Nationals. Should be the Nationals' first first game of the year. Bryceless Nationals. I'm going to look that up while I'm here. I know I'm a, I'm a bad fan. No, I'm not a bad fan. 
Mets open up against the Nationals April 4th. I'm ready for that. I wish I could be there. Who knows? Maybe I might even get there Saturday night. That's the goal. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I think, uh... I think a Bryceless Nationals is how you want to start the year. He kills us. He's going to be in Philly. But, um... You know... I don't know who's pitching. I know DeGrom's going to be... It's probably DeGrom Scherzer. Scherzer's probably going to destroy us. But, uh, he can't stay in the game forever. Well, maybe he could. I'd say maybe before DeGrom... Mm, Mets are uh, giving out a, a scheduled T-shirt. Or no? Oh, I'm sorry. This is the Nationals. They give out, they give out shirts with the obvious here. All right, so we opening, we're opening against the Nats on the road. Um, in Park Radio Lanyard. Get out of town. You're going to give people a lanyard so they could choke themselves. Not a good idea. I don't know why I pulled up the national schedule. I'm not interested. Even though I do like their outfielders. You don't, you don't know them. I'm not going to tell you their names. You'll figure it out. Because that's all people are going to talk about. Alright, I am going to tell you their names. Soto and Robles. Okay. That's why Bryce didn't go back. People are like, they're stupid. No, you're stupid. Robles and Soto. Get to know them. Because that's all you're going to see. Okay. April 1st. We're opening up. In Miami. Okay. And we're at home. Okay. No. Yeah. We're giving out a magnetic schedule. We got it. I don't know why the. um, Why the thing over there and the Nationals thing said we're giving out a magnetic t-shirt thing. Good job guys. Appreciate that. We got the Grom Cy Young bobblehead day April 7th. I don't know. I could maybe swing this Todd Frazier WWE bobblehead. Ah. Damn. This is this isn't good man. We got that ah. All right, so I got a conflicting schedule here. It comes down to, you know, what I really want to do. But if I can really play my cards right, I know I got a few days off. Drag the fiancé up to city. That would be great. Game of Thrones bobblehead night. These are great giveaways. You know what? I'm going to go through Mets giveaways right now. I'm going to go through the Mets giveaways. That's We got magnetic schedule. Not T-shirt. All right, Nats? Get over it. Todd Frazier, WWE bobblehead. Jacob DeGrom, Cy Young bobblehead. That's April. We got Game of Thrones, Noah Syndergaard bobblehead. And that's the promotions for for April. That's, a, that's some pretty good stuff here. Not that I need more bobbleheads. But, you know, being that I, I am uh, low-key, well... I, I shouldn't lie. I, I like professional wrestling a lot, and I love the Mets. So that's like, that's a bobblehead day for me. But if you're in the area, April 6th, I don't know. I got a conflicting schedule here. I'm going to find my way around that stadium. I know I am. 
it's just a match made in heaven. And I, I could use some Shake Shack, that's for sure. I've literally done the full transition in my Mets fandom. And this is turning into a Mets radio show, and I feel bad. But it has to be said. Okay. And this is episode two. I didn't forget my friends. I have to get my friends equipment. My one friend has equipment. Okay. And I will link up with him. We just got to get a Skype going. And we got this. Okay. He's not a baseball guy, though. Okay. Not a lot of people are baseball guys. You know. So it's a tough job. I went to Best Buy the other day. I was wearing my Mets gear. The guy was like, oh, I'm a Mets fan. I feel sorry for you. Well, I'm sorry. Um, listen, Mr. Best Buy guy in your blue um, polo. Okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. You're wearing their colors. Um, and you probably lost the sale if you had one. Okay. Do not make fun of me in my Carlos Beltran jersey. Do not tell me you feel sorry for me. Because I don't feel sorry for me. It's a tough job. Someone's got to do it. And I was feeling it. I had the support of the person I'm with. I went to Lids. I got embroidery done probably for the first time in like 20 years. Um, well, I'm lying. It's like 12. But, you know, a lot of people would hate on that too. I got some of the sickest embroidery on my stuff. I like customized things. But I went. I got one. I got the Grom signature and the hat. It looks great. It's awesome. They're running some type of addictive scheme to make me want to go and do that to every hat for $13 a piece. I'm drawing the line at one. I'm definitely lying through my teeth here. But, you know, they got me. Ultimately, with summer being at one point only one sport, we're going to probably be focused on baseball. But as things go on, there's more to talk about. Adding more people is going to help. I've went way longer than expected. I didn't need a lot of pauses. And, uh, yeah. And I'm talking to you. And I'm just letting you know. The full, I have the full transitions. Every social media page is transitioned toward Mets. My phone background. I'm ready. I know you're ready. If you like the if you like the Mariners, like the Mariners. If you like the Yankees, like the Yankees. If you like the Giants, I feel sorry for you too. Okay. If you work at Best Buy and you feel sorry for me, I feel sorry for you. You're selling electronics all day and you're worried about my match shirt. Okay. Worry about yourself. Sell a screen protector. I don't know. Okay. Just let me love my Mets. Okay. That's the bottom line. Okay. I just want to love them. the end of the day that's my squad I'm going to talk about it I think fantasy baseball I'm going to get into that I'm going to do a draft I'm going to tell people who I got who I suggest who's the top on the radar you know and the show is going to be more expanded coming into these next few weeks we're going to have segments we're going to have more people and uh, I think I've gone far enough. I think I've stressed the Met thing. And now I'm going to go make my Rocket League avatar the Mets. And put a Mets hat on a soccer car. Okay, that's how I'm riding this out.
thank you guys for going over episode two. It's been a lovely ride. And uh, shout out to uh, everybody and be good. Have a good week. Work hard. And uh, get ready for opening day. Have a good one. Bye.